Hello, everyone. I'm T.D. Worthington, pastor of the Pathway Baptist Church in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and this is Pathlight. We're so glad to have you tuned in to today's program. Thank you so much for being a part of our family that perhaps listens on the radio or social media or the podcast. We're so glad to have you a part of our lives today and a part of our program today. I want to mention very quickly, Christian Bible College, if you're interested in continuing your education theologically, maybe you're a pastor, maybe you're an evangelist, maybe you're a Christian school teacher or a dedicated layman and you're interested in furthering your biblical knowledge, why not check out christianbiblecollege.org. You'll find there complete information on how easy it would be for you to earn your degree, whether you're just uh, after your bachelor's degree or a master's degree, right on up to a Ph.D. level. Since 1980, Christian Bible College has been providing that service for students, well, literally around the world. Check it out, if you will, christianbiblecollege.org. This morning we're going to be discussing the subject of why make life tougher than it has to be. Life's already tough. Why make it tougher than it has to be? We'll be getting around to that message right now in just a few moments. But first we have a musical selection coming your way just before today's message. I bowed on my knees and cried holy. I dreamed of a glory and it was so bright and so fair when I entered the gate I cried holy oh the angels
sat down with Timothy. Oh, but I said, Timothy, I want to see Jesus. is tough. As a matter of fact, life is tough for all of us. There's no doubt about that. But you know, the, the alcoholic, the drunkard, or the dope addict makes life harder than it has to be. It doesn't have to be as hard as you're making it. Life is hard for everybody. There's no doubt about that. But, but the lazy man, the undependable man, the man who's the sluggard, he's really making life harder for him it has to be. Life does not have to be as hard as we sometimes make it. And that's true, of course, even for Christians. Uh, marriage is not always easy. I mean, we're trying to uh, live with uh, someone who is different from us, although we might be one flesh in the eyes of God. We have different personalities. We're going to look at things differently. Marriage is sometimes a struggle for all of us, no matter how spiritual you are. But yet, many times we make it tougher than it really has to be. Uh, I'm about to read this morning one of the greatest and most moving passages Paul ever wrote about Jesus. And in this letter uh, here in Philippians, we find Paul has taught us already to be of one mind and one purpose to, you know, to get along with each other, not to be selfish and to look to our, not just to look to our own interests, but to the interest of others. 
Then Paul gives us an incredible scripture about Jesus, which I believe is clearly showing us how to live in this confusing, challenging, and sometimes painful world. Philippians 2, 5 through 11, let this mind be in you. Let this way of thinking, let this attitude, let this philosophy of life be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What's interesting, as we read this, as we look at this writing that Paul has about Jesus here, it really lines up with something he also wrote to the Corinthian believers in 2 Corinthians 8 9. For ye know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he were rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. So Paul is doing, I believe what he's doing here is building on the same thought or the same concept from 2 Corinthians. He's just expanding on it to the Philippian church. Do you see the concept here? Jesus was rich. He had equal status with God. He was God, yet for our sakes, he became poor. He didn't hold on to the benefits of being God. He humbled himself so that we might become rich. So remember, Paul is pleading with the Philippian people and to all of us, for that matter, to unite, to live in harmony, to do nothing out of selfish ambition or pride, and to stop chasing the things of this world, things like titles and prestige and fame, and to have humble hearts with a desire to serve, which is the very essence of the life of Jesus. Then, of course, Paul goes on and pleads with us to live lives of humble love, comparing how Jesus lived his life. Philippians 2, 6 through 8 again, who being, e- being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. I want you to notice a couple of things here. First off, Jesus lived a life of humility. Paul says Jesus has equal status with God. He was God, is God but didn't hold on to the benefits of that status. He willingly stepped into our mess, if you will. He humbled himself. It's hard for us even to comprehend. Laying aside the privileges of deity for us, though he were rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that in his poverty you and I could become rich. He didn't walk in pride for being better than us, even though he was. He didn't walk in entitlement because he was God uh, and the one and only begotten Son of God, although that's exactly who he was. He never held to his status over us, but laid it down for us. Jesus lived a humble life. You cannot have the attitude of Christ without humility. The second thing I notice is Jesus lived a life of obedience. Jesus lived his life fully submitted to his heavenly Father. He lived a humble life. And did what his father asked of him. And it wasn't always easy. At times it was frustrating and tiring and challenging. As also times every part of his flesh, I believe, was working against him. But Jesus lived a life trusting his father and living out the will of his heavenly father. Jesus lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. 
You cannot live for yourself and have the attitude of Christ. You must live a fully surrendered life just as Jesus did. You cannot have the attitude of Christ without obeying God. And what we've learned about this attitude of Christ, what have we learned about it? What does Paul say about it? He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Think about that for just a moment. Let this attitude, let this train of thought, let this philosophy be in you. You need to think about this the way Jesus did, is what Paul is literally saying in Philippians 2 and verse 5. I want you to think about this question that I'm going to ask right now. Do you fight life? Do you fight against life? Are you making life tougher than it really has to be? Now, if you aren't sure if you're fighting life, let me ask you this. Do you walk in frustration, stress, and just miserable about the way things are going for you in life? Or are you feeling peaceful and content about your life? The answer to that question is going to help you see if you're fighting life or not. Let's start to build out on that idea for just a moment. Does everything in life happen the way you want it to? Do people treat you the way you hope to be treated? Are all your prayers answered exactly the way you'd like to have them answered? Now, I'm confident that all of us, I said every one of us, including myself, would answer these questions the same way. And the answer would be no. (laughs) Things don't always work out the way I wish they would. And I would add to that that the longer we live on this planet, the harder and more challenging life seems to be. Life just doesn't get any easier, I can promise you that. But what if I told you that it doesn't have to be as hard as we make it? What if I told you that while we'll always face difficulties and challenges and problems and unexpected hardships in life, it doesn't have to be as hard as we make it? We make life harder than it has to be. The drunkard, the crook, the thief, the murderer makes life harder than it has to be. You may be sitting in jail this morning, and I'm sorry for that. If you are legitimately paying for a crime, that's where you need to be because you have made life harder than it has to be. It didn't have to be that hard. You say, well, you don't walk in my shoes. No, I don't. I, I understand that. There are things about your life that I don't understand and I don't pretend to. But I can speak of myself And tell you that there's been times in my life when I've made life harder than it has to be. In so many ways, we can be our own worst enemies. We fight for control of our lives, and the reality is we have no control. We fight to control how people view us and their opinions of us. And no matter how hard we try, some people are just not going to like us. We fight for control of our futures and our families and so many different things in life. And the reality is most things, many things, we have no control over at all. I think whether we consider ourselves controlling people or not, we all want to control things in a certain way. We all have an idea in our minds of what things should look like, and for the most part, things just don't look like we want them to look. That's true of all of us. Then we walk through a life frustrated and miserable because it doesn't look like we thought it would, and if we aren't careful, we'll miss it in the process. You say, miss it, miss what? We'll miss life. We'll miss the gift that life is, the gift of this short time we have on this planet that God gave us to enjoy our way to heaven. If we're not careful, we're going to be so frustrated with the way things are that we're going to miss the life that's really there. God placed us here on this earth, if you're a born-again child of God, not to be in drudgery and misery all your way to heaven, but to enjoy life. Jesus Christ died that you might have not only eternal life, but abundant life. Abundant life. Let me ask you again, are you finding life? 
Let's look at Jesus' life for just a moment because I want you to see something. When you read about the life our Lord led on this earth, do you think life was easy for him? Do you think it all went the way he would have wanted? How do you think it felt to love, to teach, to serve people who never paid attention to a thing you're saying or applied any of your teaching? How do you think it felt to be rejected by family and loved ones? And he was. Remember, they thought he was crazy. They tried to get him to stop. How do you think it felt to invest so much into the disciples and to watch them just, well, just never seem to get it, no matter how much he tried and pushed humility and serving. They were jealous, selfish, and fought for titles and wondered who, who ranked where among them. How would you feel to watch them live and do the opposite of what he asked of them? And that was the life of Jesus Christ. Do you think he wanted to be betrayed by Judas or denied by Peter? How would it feel when, when the going really got tough to watch all your friends who promised to be with you until the end, to watch them run away and abandon you? How would it feel to be in constant conflict with the religious leaders who were always lurking, looking over your shoulder, just trying to catch you doing something that they feel you shouldn't? How would it feel to be God and to be ignored and misunderstood and overlooked by the very people you were there to save? How would it feel to know you're going to lay down your life for people who frankly don't give a flip that you're doing it and they don't even care about their own eternal destinies it would appear do you think jesus wanted to die such a painful horrific death as as the crucifixion do you think it was easy to live the life jesus lived so how could he love and serve so unconditionally with so much peace even when things didn't seem to go the way anyone would have wanted them to go this life wasn't easy for him, not in the flesh, but he lived with so much love and peace and contentment, even in the most intense of moments. And this is what we must see in the life of Jesus. Let this mind be in you. His life was not easy. He carried the weight of the entire world on his shoulders all the way to the cross, working and, and striving to protect and save a people that were so ungrateful for what he was doing. And yet, this is what Paul wants to see in this, wants us to see in this passage today. Let this mind be in you. Jesus could navigate all the pain, challenges, disappointment, all the intensity of life on this planet because of the mindset or attitude that Paul is showing us here in Philippians 2. And we must have that same attitude, that same mindset. Let this mind be in you. We need the same mindset philosophy of life that Jesus had. It's this humility and obedience to God that Jesus can walk through so much pain and so many challenges with peace and contentment in his life, and therefore so can you, so can you and I. You say, well, I'm not God. No, you're not, nor am I not close to it. But I will say this, the philosophy that Jesus shared in his flesh, in his humanity on this earth is available for you and I. And it grants me unspeakable peace. I want you to see this. So many of us walk in so much stress, intense pain, and, and anxiety. And really a lot of that is self-inflicted. So much of the misery and pain in life right now is what we put on, on ourselves because we fight and wrestle with some things that Jesus simply did not. Jesus wasn't worried about how people viewed him. In fact, he understood that he'd be a polarizing figure by, well, by just being God. 
Jesus didn't worry about the decisions others made off his teachings. Jesus didn't stop loving people or serving them regardless of how ungrateful or stubborn they were. Because Jesus lived a humble life, fully surrendered to the will of his Father. This means he had nothing to prove, nothing to worry about, because he let go of any fleshly wants or desires. So even when things got really tough or didn't make any sense, he trusted his Heavenly Father and simply obeyed and stayed on the course his Heavenly Father had for him. And this is the key for us today, too. And for so many of us, we need to hear this because we are our own worst enemies. Life is hard. I said that at the beginning, and I reiterate it right now. Life is hard. It's hard for all of us. So why make it harder than it has to be? Why make it harder when we fight against it? So let me ask you again. Are you fighting life? Are you tired? Are you miserable? And just wondering why in the world life is happening the way it is, well, the way it is for you today. Paul says we must have the attitude, the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you. Jesus' life was not easy. He did the hardest thing possible in accepting our sin upon himself and laying down his life for an ungrateful people. He had our sin placed upon him. Can you imagine how difficult that was? Having the relationship, the fellowship he enjoyed with the Father that, that had existed since eternity past, before the world was, having that severed because our sin was placed upon him and God could not look upon that sin. But he could do it. Jesus Christ could do that because he lived a humble and obedient life, and so should we. This is the key to living a peaceful, restful, and contented life, is having the same attitude of Christ Jesus. Don't you see that? This is the key to life. And it's something that Paul clearly shows us in these verses here we went over today. Then in the final three verses of our study, we see Jesus' reward for this humble and obedient life. And we also get one of the most important verses in the entire New Testament. Check this out. Philippians 2, 9, and, uh, 9 through 11. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We have to take a moment here before we close and really look at this because in some ways it can be glossed over after such a beautiful writing on Christ. But this section is so important because this is what God's goal is for the world that we live in today. That everyone would confess Jesus Christ is Lord. You're going to do it one day anyway. Why not do it now? That's God's will for the world right now, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. These four words were really a big deal in the early church. Jesus is Lord. Romans 10, 9, that if thou should confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. First, I ask you today, do we personally declare Jesus Christ is Lord of our, Lord of our lives? Secondly, I ask you today, why doesn't this seem to be a focal point in so many of our churches today, the acknowledgement that Jesus Christ is Lord? This should still be the priority today. This is God's aim. This is God's purpose, that the whole world, every person would proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. You will one day. Why not do it now? And I think that is God's aim. Then as a church, if that is the Father's aim, that ultimately everyone confess Jesus Christ as Lord, then that should be our aim. That should be priority one of our life today. To do everything we can, to encourage everyone we can, at every available time we can, to encourage them 
to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of God the Father. We can get distracted by so many things, but as a Christian, priority one is to follow God's goal, that every knee should bow, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So let me ask you again, are you fighting life? If you aren't sure, take a moment right now and think about it. How do you feel? Are you tired, miserable, frustrated, looking around, feeling like a failure? These are, these are some pretty good signs, pretty good indicators that you're your own worst enemy and that you're fighting life. Do you see God's hand or God's plan in the way your life is going? Do you think anything you're walking through right now is a surprise to God? How does that make you feel? To know that right now God is keenly aware of everything you're going through. He's, a, he's keenly aware of your most intimate and intense feelings. He's keenly aware of all that. And many times he's sending conviction to you that if you would only have the mind, the attitude of Christ, then things would be so much better. It's not saying that things would necessarily change. They may or may not. But your attitude would certainly change. I've often think about Paul's thorn in the flesh. He besought the Lord three times that God would take it away, and God did not. Then finally, Paul says, I will glory in my infirmities. And I ask you the question, what changed? Answer, nothing changed. His attitude changed. That was all. The thorn was still there. Is there something big happening in your life right now that's really wearing you down? What is it? Have you taken it to God? Do you believe God's in control or that it will do what's best for you? Do you believe he would answer your prayer? How do you respond to things not going your way, not the way you would like for them to go? Does it surprise you to think though Jesus' life or think through Jesus' life and see how challenging and difficult it was? Do you have the attitude of Christ that Paul says we all must have? Do you live a life of humble obedience to God or are you fighting against it? My earnest desire is for you to walk in the kind of life that God designed for you to live. I really want to see you have this key to peace and contentment that's found in having the attitude of Christ that Paul says we all must have. And I want you to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord, not just your Savior, but your Lord. Recognizing Him as your Savior is one thing, but accepting Him as your Lord, that's what brings you to your knees. Life is hard. It's hard for all of us. It's hard to raise kids. It's hard sometimes to be married. It's hard to juggle a career, your finances. It can be hard. But why make it harder than it has to be? I think that's something we're all guilty of sometimes. Life is hard enough on its own. It is difficult enough on its own. Why do things that make it tougher than it has to be? It's hard enough on its own. Let this mind be in you. It was tough for Jesus Christ in his flesh, in his humanity. It wasn't easy for him. But he was able to go through life in peace. In peace. Because he had the mind, the mind that God wanted him to have. The attitude, the philosophy of life. And the Bible says, let this mind also be in you. Thank you for tuning in today. If these programs are a blessing to you, we'd enjoy hearing from you. Till next time, T.D. Worthington saying, may God's richest blessings be upon you and yours.